Welcome to Aiming for the Moon. I am Taylor Bledsoe. And I'm Maddie Henry. And on this podcast, we interview interesting people from a teenage perspective. That's right. Today, we will be interviewing George, Curious George Bosch. He is the founder of the Himalayan Stove Project and an entrepreneurial businessman. So here's the interview. Well, welcome, Mr. Bosch, to the interview. Your pseudonym is Curious George or Explore George. Um, you are the founder of the Himalayan Stove Project, and you've been an entrepreneurial businessman throughout your entire life. So thanks so much for coming on the show. Well, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm looking, I've really been looking forward to this. Thanks. So we were talking a little bit before the interview about what got you started kind of in life. And you were, you were a businessman and you founded the Himalayan Stove Project. So before we get into what got you into that, could you just explain what the Himalayan Stove Project is? Yeah, the Himalayan Stove Project. One, one of the, the biggest public health issues on the planet is, is polluted indoor air in primitive uh, environments where people are cooking over, over wood and crop waste and, and other biomass. And so the in, insides of their homes are smoky. And uh, according to a, a World Health Organization study, over 4 million people die prematurely every year. Uh, I was vaguely aware of that, and I was trekking in Nepal a couple of times and encountered those situations, and they're horrible, especially when they're, when they're burning yak dung. I mean, you're in somebody's home, and you're trying to be polite and have a meal, and you've got this horrible indoor air environment. And I never... Uh, never thought about doing anything about it until I had a chance encounter with, uh, with a, another trekker in, in Bhutan. And he told me about a very low polluting stove uh, that, uh, that not specifically addressing this problem. It was just a comment that came over dinner. And that got me started on, on researching that. And that eventually led to the, to the project. It's really interesting. And I'd just recently heard about that a few months ago, that there was another new technology that someone had invented that they were trying to give. I think it, this was in Africa um, where they have the mud huts. So I thought that was interesting because I hadn't that doesn't seem to be a big problem in the forefront of a lot of people's minds. Like I hadn't heard about that. That's it's kind of interesting. Yeah. It, well, you know, unfortunately, there are a lot of serious problems, uh, public health and, and others. That, that people don't hear about because, you know, we live in the first world and we're not exposed to them. Uh, and unless unless you travel uh, and, and then then hear about it and then a, a light bulb will go off because you've experienced it personally uh, or you've read a very compelling article or, or seen a video or whatever. But, uh, you know, this one has been around as long as people have been cooking. <laughs> and, uh, and, and And it's a serious one. You know, for for over four million people that die prematurely, that's a significant public health issue. It is. And it's really tragic how it's just the difference in technology can make that can make that four million disappear. Um, and I kind of so you we talked a little bit about what you did, uh, what kind of got you into all of this, the nonprofit. Could you tell the story that you had told me before? Sure. Um, I. I started traveling. I had the, had the opportunity to start traveling as uh, as a as a kid. Uh, I was six years old, and uh, we lived in Chicago. 
And just just to put this into perspective, I'm I'm 84 years old now. So, uh, you know, almost 70 years ago, uh, or I can't even do the math right now, but when I was six, living in Chicago during the Second World War, uh, we, we took vacations to Colorado uh, and uh, spent a month in the, at, a, at a guest ranch in the mountains. So I, I was exposed to, to the natural world uh, and to hiking and uh, uh, being out in, in nature and fishing and riding horses. This wasn't like going to Disneyland. You know, Disneyland didn't exist at that time. This was, this was the real world. And we did that for, for three years during until the war was over. And then my parents and I, we started taking automobile trips all over the country and uh, go to the East Coast, to the West Coast, up into Canada. Most of them, most of the trips were related to getting out into uh, nature and into the wilderness. And so by the time I graduated from high school, I don't even know how many states I'd been in, but it was a lot. And... Uh, and when I graduated from college, uh, I had family in, in Europe because we were, we were immigrants. We were uh, forced to leave Germany, uh, Austria in 1938 when Hitler came, came to the United States. And so I went over to visit them and I bought a motor scooter and uh, toured around Europe for, for three months. And on one stop on that trip, I was in a climbing museum, uh, a cemetery in Switzerland where a young English kid had died on the Matterhorn and his parents had put up a memorial for him. And, and what they had carved on the memorial was youth must be served. And I was 22 years old at the time. And I read that. And I said, Oh, that's nice. What would I want my tombstone to say? I have no idea why I even asked myself that question, but you know, I'm curious, George. And so I did. And I got this, this answer that flashed back at me from some corner of my brain or someplace else that said, he made a difference. And that really hit me. Uh, and, and I, you know, projected forward a little bit and said, well, you know, I have my whole life in front of me and I live it. I don't know how I'm going to live it, but I'll figure that out. But making a difference became an important aspect of that. And that has carried through my entire life right to the present day where I'm involved in, in some other philanthropic things where I'm uh, putting a certain part of my effort and energy and money into making a difference for other people. So what's interesting about that, and besides the story itself, is on this podcast, we've been covering kind of interesting theme. Um, not all the episodes have released it about this. But we've been talking to people like James Clash and some others, explorers and adventurers who have talked about how there's more to life than just successes can be defined in multiple ways. So you have making a difference as as that advice, which is which is really interesting, is it seems like at least my generation success is always broadcast to us as the person who doesn't have to who's always at his computer grinding away and making tons and tons of money and then going to space or something like that. Um, and it's been interesting talking to different people and seeing that there are different definitions of success. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one, one of the things that I've been involved with in, in relatively recent years uh, is an organization called Rotary International. And uh, we're, it's, it's a, a service organization. That's, that's how it's defined. We have uh, uh, over one and a quarter million members worldwide 
in more countries and territories than exist in the United Nations. We have 35,000 clubs all over the world. And, and our, our operating motto is service above self. And so every one of our clubs, whether it's in a small town like mine or a big city like, uh, well, where they'll have many clubs, we are dedicated to providing service to, to the planet, uh, to our fellow citizens, to, to people that we interact with. Uh, Rotary has just started a, a, a big program to uh, address the climate change issue, which is one of the things that I'm involved in. Uh, so, so you can live different silos of your life. You can be by the computer and, and uh, doing interesting projects and making money. And I've sure done that, both interesting projects and making money. But there's more to life than that. You can travel, you can get around and meet other people in different cultures in different countries. And uh, if you're so inclined, if you think what I've been saying makes sense, you can make a difference. You know, if all of us I think have a fundamental responsibility to take care of ourselves, our own health, our families, uh, the people around us that we're close to and so forth and do what we can to, uh, to provide uh, good and, 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 and meaningful lives for them on a, on a basic level. But beyond that, we should have time, energy, and motivation to do something for the other uh, eight and a half billion people that are living on this planet. We all need to make our a difference in a in a good way. Like That's correct. everyone does. Very and good. a little differences build up and make big differences is what seems to happen. Yeah, you got it. Right. So I you talked about this a little bit. I kind of want to dive into this a little bit more. So people, there's traveling that we've seen to talk about a little bit on this podcast. And people talk about how traveling has had big impacts on them. What about traveling changes people? What what about traveling has changed you? Um, what's what's the difference between traveling and just seeing something on a screen or on the TV? Because I can see many different images from Africa, from Asia, from Europe, from everywhere, just on my computer. But what about traveling to that place is different? Okay. Um on your computer, you can see an elephant, right? And it's and it's big and it's beautiful and it's stomping around in the in the bush, uh, and uh, and that's exciting. And if it's on a big screen, it's even more exciting. But if you're sitting in a little boat on a river and an elephant literally pops out in front of you because it's been swimming and is forty feet away and is all black because uh, it's been in the water rather than gray, that's a pretty stunning experience. And, and so experiencing these whatever in, in three dimensions, being there, interacting with the people and with the elephants and the other wildlife and the, and the environment and the way people live and, uh, and, and how they conduct their lives, that's transformative. Uh, and you're not looking at it on the screen. I mean, we, you have great access on, on video and I use it a lot also, but it's, it's a, a pale image that you're getting compared with actually being there and interacting and feeling it and smelling it and talking to people and, and being in, in the moment, so to speak. In the moment. I've, I really like that. I really like that phrase because it's, there's something about it that 
um, you're not always future thinking. You're not always looking back at what you had before, what you had before, or what you want to have in the future. Being in the moment seems quite nice, and it's not always focused on. Um, yeah. And I've been learning more about that as I've talked to more people. That's good. I'm going to step away for just a minute and oh, grab a picture that I want to show you because it it illustrates what I was just saying. Okay, I talked about an elephant popping out in front of you. Uh, this is a black and white picture that I have yet to, to get a color print made of, but that's what I'm talking about. Oh, wow. That's really oh, cool. Oh, wow. Yes. That was like 40 feet away. That's, that's, that's crazy. That's, that's being in the moment. That's experiencing something and not just reading about it. And books are wonderful. And, and many of my uh, life's journeys were, were formed by reading adventure books. And we'll get into that later on. But there's nothing that, that is better than being there. And the only way you can experience those things is to get off your butt and travel. And I know that's, that's much more difficult now. I mean, I haven't been anywhere substantively since, since March a year ago uh, because travel is, uh, is difficult and, and, and dangerous now. But uh, that's going to change at some point. And in the interim, you can watch things on uh, on, on YouTube and uh, other Netflix and whatever. And you can at least start making a list of places that you might want to see in person. Yeah, I agree. I think that's interesting. Now during COVID, it's hard to travel, but making a list of just a bucket list of places you want to go, that's a great idea. And that's, I think I'm going to start doing that because I find that interesting. Yeah. You know, you, you mentioned, you mentioned Jim Clash. Uh, who's a fellow Explorers Club member, and Ken Kamler, who uh, is also a member who introduced uh, us. Uh, you know, Ken's Ken's been to been to Everest and and all over, and and Jim is is constantly traveling. And those of us in the Explorers Club, I mean, it's it's in our DNA. It's in our our the way we live our lives, and and trading stories and getting together with people, and not just talking about books we've read, but talking about experiences that we've had is uh, that leads you to other things. It's, it's a wonderful community and you don't have to be in the Explorers Club to do that. You can be in a Boy Scout troop or a Girl Scout troop or be with, uh, with family and friends that have traveled beyond, you know, there are wonderful things to see in the United States and they're inter- interesting experiences to be had here, but there's also a whole wide world out there that is different and, uh, and, and is, those are also wonderful learning experiences and pleasure experiences. And it's not just sitting on a beach in Hawaii. There's, there's more adventures to be shown than just out than just at the resort you're at or something. You got it. You got it. You know, for many people, that's a, that's a very uh, wonderful and adequate uh, vacation. I've been on the beach a number of times and after about two or three days, I'm saying, okay, What's happening on the other side of the road? What are the, what are the people like that are living there? What what are the uh, what's going on in this local community and so forth? That's just kind of the way I grew up, and as I've mentioned to you before, so I'm I'm highly motivated uh, to do that. Three days on the beach is is about two days more than I really uh, really can take. <laughs> Well, unfortunately, we're running out of time on the interview. So I just wanted to ask our last two questions. What books have had an impact on you and why? Okay. I started reading as, as, a, as a young kid 
And they all, the ones that really impressed me and made an impact on me were adventure books. Uh, there was one that, uh, that Lowell Thomas Jr. wrote of a trip that he and his father took to Tibet uh, uh, in, the, in the 50s called Seven, uh, not Seven Years in Tibet, that's another one, but uh, A Year in Tibet. Remarkable book, a, a true story of a father and son who spent uh, time in Tibet, which is not very accessible today, but at that time it was really unusual. And then there was a wonderful French writer, Jules Verne, who did these magnificent adventure stories. Uh, it, it was science fiction fantasy at the time, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. He invented a submarine and, and told about that. He wrote one book called From the Earth to the Moon, and, uh, and it was getting, getting men, people from, from the, the Earth to the Moon. Uh, and the way he visualized it was, uh, they, they drilled a huge hole in the ground, uh, made a cannon basically, and put a capsule in it and, and shot them up to the moon. And the interesting thing about that is that he located that in Florida, quite close to where Cape Canaveral is, where, which is where the moon launch was, uh, uh, took place 60 some years ago. And, uh, you know, that he had the imagination and the foresight. So anyhow, I devoured his books and, and they were very, very impactful. And then I've always read uh, books about history. Uh, again, that ties into my traveling and trying to understand and economics, which uh, not, not the, the really nitty gritty stuff, but how, how empires grew and, and, and failed because of economic uh, conditions. And then a, a book that I read just recently, which is a really dense read, it's called Sapiens, and it's over 400 pages, uh, and it's by a, by a professor who traces the rise of, of humans, of us, of homo sapiens, over the last four million years since we came out of, out of the swamps in Africa uh, to where we are today, and how not only the, the, the humans, uh, how we evolved, because most of that had already happened with the people that he's writing about, but how the social development took place from uh, scattered groups of hunter-gatherers. You know, there may have been a few thousand on the planet or something like that. We now have eight and a half billion people on the planet, and it's a pretty interesting uh, story. It's, uh, but it's it's a very dense read. It's available on audiobooks. I would advise people to uh, try that, and, and they can skip forward and, and uh, kind of cruise through it. Yeah, audiobooks are, I think, one of the best inventions of this era. They're amazing. They allow you to get through so many more books. They're they're awesome. Yeah. What's interesting is I'm currently reading actually Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. And are you really? <laughs> I am, and I was actually kind of surprised when you emailed that because um, I was I'd just been reading about him and oh, I can't remember the name, but you mentioned it. The one where he writes about space. It, uh, the before the Twenty Thousand Leagues the Under the Sea. What was it? From the Earth to the Moon. From the Earth to the Moon. Yeah. Um, the author, the translator, had written a short introduction to uh, to the author, and what was interesting about it was he talked about how, by the calculations he had made, because this guy would go so in depth in his research that he had made his own calculations and had placed it, as you said, right where the modern, um, right where the modern people had put the space as space rockets as well. It was that was really fascinating. 
It's, it's, it's just awesome. I mean, he was writing in the, in the late 1800s, if I remember correctly. I think or so. Maybe even earlier than that, but in the 1800s in France. Yeah, a remarkable guy and, uh, and very engaging stories, a great writer. Uh, it just really draws you in. And again, re- in this case, reading those books is better than seeing the films that have been done of them because the writing is, is so spectacular. Like the way he makes you picture things that the movie just shows you a picture of something, but he makes you picture like the finite details of something, which which is really interesting in how he does that. Puts your mind to work, doesn't it? He does. <laughs> so our last question is, what advice do you have for teenagers? Uh, well, you know, it's been, as I said, it's been 70 years since I've been a teenager, but uh, I, I made a couple of notes when when you asked me that and uh i think one of the things that that's really important is to always question to not just accept things that people to say whether they're parents or friends or teachers but to say okay you know that's that's interesting what do i think about that what do, how do i feel about that not just follow what somebody says and even when people are being critical, you know, which can get you annoyed when somebody's saying you should be doing this or that, or this is the way you ought to think, still ask a question. Why are they saying that? What's, what's really behind that question or that comment? So developing uh, the, the ability to think critically, uh, whether that's fostered in school uh, or whether you have to figure it out on your own or talk to other people, uh, I think is is the most important thing that any young person and even not so young <laughs> can uh, uh, can uh, can benefit from. I mean, we're, we're faced with a with that issue right now with the vaccination questions that are going on about COVID. Uh, you know, there are two two very different. Uh, sides to that issue. There are some people that say, oh my goodness, yes, let's get vaccinated. It's the right thing to do. And then there are other people uh, that that are resisting it for all kinds of reasons. There's a real opportunity there to think critically and say, okay, if if I think it's such a great idea to get vaccinated, why do I think that? What, what developed that belief system in me? And it's also an important opportunity for the people that are being uh, that are resisting it or that listening to friends who are saying, ah, you, this is ridiculous. You shouldn't waste it, or it's got some bad aspects to it. Examine that critically as to why, what, what's, what's the real, what are the real facts behind it? What are the real, what's the real logic? Come to your own conclusion. Don't just follow what somebody tells you, but, but, uh, but think critically and, uh, and move on. So your advice is using asking why and then being able to analyze the critical thinking, but um, using critical thinking to ask why and analyzing what you think that answer is. Exactly. Using your own critical thinking, develop those skills. Something it's done in debate. It's done in, in interchange with uh, with teachers at school. If, if the environment allows that with your friends, not just hee hawing around, but but having some real intelligent, in-depth conversations and debates and and letting your mind grow and letting it expand into different areas and not just accepting what uh, what people are saying. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really enjoy talking about 
the Himalayan stove project, why you should help people and everything else we talked about in between. It was a really interesting conversation. Um, and I'm glad that one of your favorite authors is also one of my favorite authors. Um, <laughs> that was a, that was an interesting tidbit that we came across. That's good. The two of us can gang up on your listener and your viewers, right? <laughs> we can read 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea and all of his other books. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. that was a really fun interview because we got to talk about lots of different things from his businesses and organizations all the way to his traveling. Um, so yeah, I loved it. Maddie was there in spirit. I was there. I include myself afterward. I like put myself in there and I was a spectator and I was there in spirit. So (laughs) I'm going to talk like I was there. There you go. And his advice was really interesting. We haven't had the advice think critically before. And I thought that was a fascinating way to kind of wrap up the interview. Um, Mandy, what did you think about that? I definitely agree because while we've gotten a lot, a wide range of different advice, um, it's mostly try new things and like you only get to live as a teenager once. So like live it to the fullest uh, potential or whatever. And that's a great device, but I've, that is an interesting way to kind of summarize that point. I've never, don't know if I've ever heard someone say it, like think critically. Because I've heard other things, like other things that are similar to that, but I don't know. I really liked it. I did too. I thought that was a really interesting advice, as you said, for those pretty much the same reasons. It was again very unique, and I thought it was a great way to kind of close out the interview. So you can visit us on our website at aimingforthemoon.com. We have a contact page, guest profiles, and a lot more. We'd love for you to go and visit it. We've tons of cool things you learn more about us you can learn more about the guests and if you have any questions thoughts concerns or guest recommendations you can hit us up on our contact page um we are also on instagram and twitter at aiming the number four moon we post regular updates and sometimes even sneak peeks for future episodes um so go there um we'd love to hear from you you can dm us on either of those platforms and we're also on youtube at aim of the moon podcast podcast is kind of a key word there but yeah you can find us anywhere and we'd love to hear from you So, Maddie, don't forget, set your sights high and aim for the moon.